0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, I'm joined by a very special guest, college hockey prospect Emma Pichel joins the show. Emma is committed to Ohio State in 2022. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Emma. And How's everything going?
1: It's going pretty good, pretty hot here. It's about like 90, so um, having outdoor sports is kind of hard, but um, everything's been going well.
0: That's good to hear. And Yeah, I know the weather's starting to get hot. That's what happens in the summer, but I prefer it a little more than Blizzards, so I take what I can get.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: <laughs> now, how are you doing today, and what's your plans for the summer to prepare for next year?
1: Uh, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, finishing up with school on Thursday. We have finals today or tomorrow, and Thursday. Um, and summer programs start uh, first or second week of June coming up next week. I'm assuming. Um, had another prospects weekend. The first prospects prospects weekend last weekend. And just kind of getting back into the program and getting all the Benilt girls back together and just kind of adapting to the new rules with the COVID stuff. And yeah, just getting ready for the season.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And how has academics been like this year, I guess? Because I graduated high school last year when the pandemic started. So I feel like it's a little bit different just having the online school that's split with in-person classes because starting college this year was kind of a fresh slate. Uh, getting used to the online school. However, I feel like it's more difficult for yourself because you're used to being in school all the time uh, for high school, yeah. and then it kind of just switches all of a sudden in the middle of your junior year.
1: Yeah, so we started out in the hybrid program, so we were going every other day in person and then online, um, which that was kind of weird. It was better than being fully online, just with not extended online school from last March to the end of the school year, but um, we switched over to all in-person I think for the last three months of school for like the fourth quarter. Um, And that was nice. So it was kind of nice seeing everyone again. It was busy, um, but seniors recently just got done. Um, But a lot of the teachers have been super lenient and super understanding with everything going on. Um, So they're not really pushing a lot of um, hard tests. Like a lot of them are open note. They're like understanding that like the struggles with like getting sick and being quarantined and not being able to see your friends or, whatever that may be, but with the vaccines out now too, that's really helpful. And it just kind of is helping everything get back to normal in school and just in the world in general.
0: Yeah, that's good to hear. And how have you dealt with the Zoom breakout rooms? Cause that's the thing I hate most about online school. Like there's a lot of things I do like about online school, but the Zoom breakout rooms are just brutal because no one talks. You
1: know, they're hard because no one talks and they have their cameras off. And I mean, I, I, don't, I haven't had to deal with that for a while now cause I haven't been online in so long. Um, but it, I, that was one of the worst parts when he, he just said that we were going in breakout rooms cause no one would talk and yeah. we didn't really know what's going on.
0: <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Now last year, like many other hockey players, you had to deal with a lot of challenges preparing for the season just because gyms were closed. Ice was hard to find. Uh, yeah. now that things are kind of opening back up, do you think that would change your approach uh, for this off season?
1: I think it will a little bit. Um, the protocols are changed, obviously, and I think that um, it'll be a lot more lenient. So our schedule for Benil is we have ice times, three times a week, and then Dryland as well. And then a group of girls um, does morning workouts, which we also did last summer. But I think we're just kind of all back together because we had to split up into two ice sessions, which was hard because we were split up from different teammates. Um, but I think it'll be really nice to not play with masks anymore. We didn't have to in the summer, but in the winter we did, and that was hard. Um, But I think it'll just be exciting to get the whole group back together and not really have to worry as much about getting sick and as Mm. as much about wearing masks and um, just focusing on the season and just making sure that we're ready.
0: Yeah, how'd you deal with all those conditioning drills wearing the mask? Because that seems difficult.
1: Yeah, it was hard. Um, A lot of the girls had like the masks that like connect your. connect your helmet, but then we found a loophole with like mesh masks. I don't know mm-hmm. if we are really supposed to use those, but the refs were super lenient about it. They just let us wear it at our chin. As long as we had one on, they were fine. Um, but I mean, the practices were hard. I mean, we all kind of wore them at our chin and the coaches weren't really concerned with it because we were all being safe with COVID outside of the rink too. So we weren't um, too careful or we weren't, we weren't too scared of it. Um, but we did get shut down once towards the end of the season so we missed our last week of regular games. so we went into sections with only maybe one game on our back um so that was hard but um it was a good like it was a bad time to get shut down um but we also got shut down we didn't get shut down but there was a case at the beginning of the year i had been to have that case which is kind of bad timing right at the beginning of the year but nothing got shut down there we just lost a few players but you're able to win a game or two with down three four players so that was good but other than that COVID didn't really affect our year too much it was hard with like the locker rooms because we couldn't get dressed inside but um, overall it was a solid season I'm glad we had one
0: yeah it's weird because in the east coast where I'm from like colleges that, uh certain areas you had to wear a mask on the ice and other areas you didn't have to and I know it's kind of the similar thing for Minnesota I don't know why it's so different though across the state I kind of wish it was more like everyone had to follow the same rules
1: yeah, I know, because I, I was at Nationals um, out east, and we didn't have to wear masks on the ice, so that was nice, because we were just kind of, in Minnesota, we were just kind of starting to let go of that rule and not wearing them, but it was nice to not have to wear them out east.
0: Now, thinking about this year's offseason, I guess, what's something you want to improve on the most uh, for your game?
1: Um, I think strength is a big part of it. In order to improve in a lot of aspects of your game, almost all of them, you need to be strong. Um, and with strength you can basically get better at anything with your skating your stride your hands your shot anything it just improves your overall game so I think for me as an individual in our team as well just focusing on the strength.
0: Instead. Now being a senior you're obviously going to be one of the leaders on the team what type of leadership do you hope to bring to the team are you more of a vocal or lead by example type of player?
1: Um, Definitely leading by example I think that vocal yes it helps but some girls kind of I don't know how much they pay attention to that, but they more so just look up to people or they look up to how, um, how hard one works or how they um, just find the leadership to lead everyone. I mean, being an upperclassman now, it feels like I was, an lower, I was an underclassman. I mean, it was two years ago, but it feels like last season, which it technically was, but it just doesn't feel that long ago. And now being a rising senior already, it's a big role and we lost a lot of our upperclassmen. So we only have, well, we have a lot, we have a large senior class, but our soft, our rising junior class is only two people. So the senior class is a really large role. Um, And captain's recently released. So that'll be, um, I'm excited. It'll be a fun season and just making sure that all the seniors and all the upperclassmen are like willing to lead the lower, the younger girls, because we're going to have a young team again. Um, But it should be fun.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's good, though, to lead by example, because if someone just talks but doesn't, like, follow what they're saying, it's kind yeah. of hard to, like, as a younger player to, like, see, like, how you, like, want to perform. So I think if you, like, show the younger players like, what it takes to win and what it takes to be a key leader on a team, I think that really helps, especially since when they become seniors, they'll use your example and kind of pass that along as the team goes on uh, five or six years after you leave.
1: Yep, the way that you lead just kind of sets up the team for the next few years because that's the example that the girls that are going to be the seniors and the leaders for the next year are going to follow.
0: Now, when you were a freshman, sophomore, just talk about the upperclassmen that you had and just the leadership that they brought in. How are you going to use their leadership uh, for your leadership uh, this upcoming season?
1: I was just talking to one of the seniors, one of the senior captains that I had my freshman year, and we were a super young team. We were basically all lowerclassmen, maybe – three or four um, upperclassmen, but that was definitely a change. Um, Obviously being a first year varsity athlete, it's scary already. And being a young team, it's even more because you don't have a ton of older girls to look up to, but the girls who were leading and were the captains did a really good job. They made sure that the younger girls felt welcome and that the culture was strong, that nothing happened, no clicks or anything like that. And they were just super strong, um, And this year, being a captain, I'm going to be able to follow their roles. um, Because we have a young team, it'll be a change. Um, And just making sure that those younger girls feel welcome and just everyone has a good um, spot, a good place, and just thriving in their environment.
0: Let's start talking about the beginning of your hockey career. So you're from Minnesota. Talk about growing up there and how would you start playing hockey?
1: Um, So my mom, because I'm an only – I'm I'm one of three, and I'm the only girl. Um, so my mom was trying to get me into the dances and the ballet and the gymnastics and all those types of sports, but they weren't really um, my interests. So then my dad put me into hockey and immediately fell in love. That was about first grade, I think. Um, so I've been playing ever since. I was in the Dyna Association. I played with a lot of girls that I'm still friends with today and built a lot of great connections, um, obviously got a lot better. And then... Transitioned over to Benilde for my freshman year. Um, and I had bunion surgery the summer of going into freshman year. So going into freshman year, not having any ice time going into the captains. With, that was my first skate in, in three months, I think it was. Um, so that was new. But growing up, the Indite Association, it built me the player that I am today. It made me competitive. And it just kind of allowed me to realize how strong their other other girls are. And how that level, and I'm just going to keep playing with those girls and how the level is only going to get stronger and
0: stronger. Yeah, and coming into Benilde, what made you want to go to that school? And I guess what was the biggest adjustment you had to make uh, coming into high school hockey?
1: Um, I think the main reason I wanted to go to Benilde is that I felt that I could succeed better at that environment. It was really between Edina and Benilde, and I knew that the coaches at Edina were great, but I also knew that – coaches up and Nil i could build a better relationship with and i think i would have a better opportunity at thriving there um and with academics as well i had um wanted to have a smoother transition from a, pri- a young private school to a private high school um obviously that's changing for college but at the time i was not wanting to jump make that big of a transition um and then going into high school hockey, I knew that the speed is going to be a lot higher. It was scary playing in my first game. I was, I wasn't super confident with the puck. I didn't know what to do, and especially playing with new girls that a lot of them I had never heard of before. It was hard. Um, but a few games in, I, um, I settled in with my B partner, um, and we just kind of went from there. And we were, we didn't, we had a really, we had a solid freshman year. We were conference champs for the first time in quite a few years. Um, so that was good, and it just started a dynasty that we've continued to be building.
0: And what was the key for, I guess, growing confidence uh, from your freshman year to where you are now as a senior? Because that takes a while sometimes.
1: Yeah, it does. And I think just finding confidence in yourself and knowing that I have time, I have good players around me that will help me, and, like, if I make a mistake, it's not the end of the world, and it's not going to adjust, like, or change how I'm playing. Um And obviously that takes time. It takes some time for more players and less for others. Um, But it's really just having your teammates build you up because that's a really important piece and just having your um, teammates be there for you and you be there for your teammates. Um, And just understanding that you have a role on the team and um, you making a simple mistake isn't gonna screw with that.
0: Now I'm not from Minnesota. I'm from the East Coast. So just describe the Minnesota high school hockey scene. Just how big it is, and what's it like being a player in that atmosphere? Because I've seen the state tournament clips, and it's pretty cool. Uh, it's the so- kind of the kind of the show that you guys pull off there.
1: Yeah, it's really fun. Um, it's been a dream to make it to the state cha- or not. The, well, the state tournament, state championship would be great. But um, I'm. It's always been a dream to get there. Um, been to the state games a lot before. Uh, the tournament's super fun it has a lot of people, and the atmosphere is so fun and big and really enjoyable um, The amount of teams are, is incredible there's a really large community and everyone comes together in like the summer with the different leagues and just playing with each other um, and that builds a lot of different relationships as well of just connecting communities and it 's really just all one big environment that everyone shares and it 's a really cool it's really cool because um, it's Um, really unique because not a lot of other states have it like that. They don't have the big state championship. They don't have the big state tournament with the hockey hair, with the boys' side and everything like that. And I think everyone, all the hockey players, I hope, um, maybe even all around the country know about the state tournament and just how big it is in Minnesota. But um, really growing up in it and understanding and, like, beginning to understand what it is um, was a really key role in, like, confidence and motivation to get to that tournament
0: yeah no i think it's awesome because being from massachusetts i think besides minnesota massachusetts is probably like the second biggest hockey state in the u.s and like for my games like the best i think the most fans we've ever had was like one 200 people at most so it's crazy to see like how you guys can fill up an entire nhl stadium for one of the biggest games of the year i think it's awesome
1: yeah it's really cool
0: very cool Uh, Is it weird talking to players who aren't from Minnesota just about that high school hockey scene? Because it's kind of hard to understand if you're not in it.
1: Yeah, it is weird because um, knowing girls from out east, from like the national camps and those types of events, they – like just the different language with it. too. like they call breezers hockey pants or just like the different um, aspects of the game. Yep. Um, And that's kind of interesting too because the club level is competitive, but I don't know like a lot of other – like there's some college teams, not college teams, there's some high school teams out there out East and some in Wisconsin that I know of, but it's just not at that same compete level. And I think it's really cool that um, we have the ability to um, create a unique um, area and environment that is that, that, e- that the East Coast doesn't have. Um, but connecting with those East Coast players is really interesting because Playing against those club teams, it's a high level. um, And I think it's almost underestimated. Um, But it's really interesting because a lot of those girls that play club come from everywhere instead of just one little location in Minnesota.
0: I will say, though, I think the East Coast kind of owns college hockey a little bit. We won the national championship. Um, Massachusetts won the national championship. So I feel like we might have the college hockey title for now until Minnesota wins it probably next year.
1: Yeah. It'll be interesting because – there's really one big conference in the Midwest and that's like the big 10 and then the WCHA for women's. Um, but a, there's a lot more college teams for women specifically out East. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think, um, a lot of Minnesota girls go out East, but a lot of them also stay in the Midwest. Yeah. So I think It's just a matter of different competition levels or like the type of play that they want to be involved in, or maybe just get wanted to get out of the East or even Midwest. So yeah, it's really interesting to see, um, all the different levels and um, just the dispersion of all the players.
0: Yeah, definitely. I guess were fans allowed at the state tournament this year?
1: They were. Um, I think it was at XL, which is where it is. Um, I think it was maybe 25% capacity. Um, it's definitely not as many as it would typically be. There weren't really student sections, which is hard for the players, obviously, because. For like Edine and Andover, they've been to the state championship before and they just don't have that same environment. So I'm sure it was different. And especially for the boys, too, because they normally pack the whole XL. I mean, the girls get a good show, too, but just not that much. Um, but even at regular games, we had a decent amount of fans, maybe the exact amount that we would have typically, which was nice. But it's still a di- completely different environment without um, with masks and with uh, the restrictions and all that. Um, but I'm excited to get back to normal, hopefully, this season.
0: Yeah, I agree with things. Hopefully coming back to normal, I think it could happen in the next few months. And I'm excited because you see baseball games, they're at full capacity. So you hope hockey can do that uh, next season as well.
1: Yeah, so is lacrosse. Um, lacrosse has full capacity, no restrictions or anything. I mean, that's also outside, but um, yeah. hopefully it'll get back to normal.
0: Definitely. Hockey. Now, I have a question about the hockey hair thing. Why is it only, like, boys have to do the hockey hair? Why not girls hockey players do it? I, I don't
1: think it. I think it's specifically boys because I think girls have a lot of similar hair. I don't know how much – how, like, special you can make your hair. Like, some teams dye their hair. But, I mean, I don't know how – Um, Because if one girl wins the hockey hair, another girl probably has really similar hair. But for boys, like you can have an afro, you can have like slick back hair, you can do a lot of different things that a lot of boys wouldn't do. Um, And I think that's a really key role in the state tournament because it's funny to see all the boys that like try really hard to get on that team. Um, But I don't know. That's a good question because I think it started off just with the boys, but I don't really know how they would do it with the girls.
0: You should try it next year. You know, like when you do the intros, I don't know if they still do that now, but like you just do the hair flip. And I think you yep. can make the team. I think that will be awesome.
1: I think so. Yeah. They didn't do the intros this past year. I think just because of COVID, but. Uh.
0: No, but next year promised me that you at least do something to try to make the team and <laughs> we will, will definitely repost it. And we could say that it started off with this podcast as well.
1: <laughs> I will.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Now I guess like, what was the key for yourself dealing with this pandemic year? Um uh, Watching the games from an outside perspective, I felt like it was kind of weird without that many fans wearing masks like we talked about, but just like the COVID protocols your team had to go through, and you were saying that your team got shut down during parts of the year. So how did you deal with all the challenges that came with playing hockey in a pandemic?
1: It was hard. It was difficult, especially at first, just because I think the rules were a lot more strict then. Specifically, our homework didn't let us in our locker room, which is a burden on the seniors. And just not being able to get ready in that environment because that was always a really key role in like building connections and relationships because you build those connections with those who you sit by um but i think that as we got through the season we kind of understood that it's not going to change we're lucky enough to even have a season and when we got shut down we made sure that like we weren't discouraged we weren't like oh our season's over like we're gonna lose Like, none of that happened, and we just continued to stay together, and our coaches gave us workouts to do, and they just kept us engaged and not forgetting about the season.
0: Yeah, is it weird dressing at home and then driving to the rink? Like, I guess, how do you adjust to that? Because I think that's a bit weird.
1: Yeah, it was hard, because especially – because that was when we were still in hybrid school, too, and they moved their practice time to 3, and we get out of school at 2.30, and trying to get out of our school parking lot is a mess. Um, So really just – um getting ready outside in the winter is brutal um and it was definitely a change it was something that none of us really wanted to do but we were lucky lucky enough to have a season and um we got to go in our locker room for games but that was about it Uh, but it was hard I mean getting dressed outside isn't obviously isn't ideal but I mean it's something that we had to deal with and just get through
0: Yeah, no, it's like, is it weird driving with the full-blown equipment? Like, does anyone notice, or is it, like, kind of awkward, I guess?
1: It's hard, um, especially with smaller cars, too, because you have to adjust your seat, and sometimes your seat doesn't go super low, so you're, like, your head is touching the ceiling. That didn't happen for me, but I just am assuming that if you had a smaller car, it'd be more difficult. But, I mean, it was interesting. It was was weird being a home dresser again, because it's just flashing back to – younger ages and just having your parents tie your skates and just getting ready at home. <laughs> it was I like know.
0: Yeah, no, that's definitely odd, but you know, it's better than not playing a season. So you take like I said, you just have to kind of deal with some of that stuff because exactly. it, you have to look at the bigger picture. Yep. Exactly. Now, I want to talk about one particular game because this season your team had a lot of success. You made it to the playoffs and you lost the state section 6AA championship game to a Dyna 3 to 1. Just talk about your perspective from that game. What do you think happened and just how you are going to use that game as motivation coming into your senior year?
1: Edana is a really big name. Um, and I think that we played them three times in the year and each time we lost by one or two, um, it was hard. I mean, going into that game, we knew that we had a chance, but once um, they scored a goal, we were, we shut down a little bit and we got a little chippy and I, we got a lot of penalties that game too. And it was a physical game. Yeah. Um, And we didn't score until the last three minutes, maybe even less. So that was obviously hard because we couldn't get a puck in the net. And that's obviously a really key motivator. Um, But once they got up to 3-0, you could just feel the team kind of shut down and just Mm -hmm. accept the defeat. But our coaches, you could tell they are just trying to do everything. And a lot of the girls were just, like, desperate to get a goal and get motivation to win and, like, push through the game because – a goal game isn't the end it's after a period if you're down it's not the end of the game you have two more periods to go and I think that's a mindset that the team needs to have this year because yes we might have setbacks but that doesn't mean that you can't be shutting down because yes we're going to face tough tough teams like Udina and we're going to face tough teams Um, but when you get down it's not something that you can keep doing like you need to push back and get a goal and fight for that motivation back because that's the only way only way you're going to win
0: yeah i no, i was checking out the box score of that game it was very physical like you said 11 penalties very, yes. uh does your approach change in those physical games
1: um i think i don't think it changes i think that we just make sure that we stay disciplined um and we don't get the cheap penalties like tripping and, and slashing and hooking and all those. um but if it's a physical game it's a physical game like there's nothing you can do about it it's a playoff section final Um, those are games are automatically going to be physical, but it's something that we can automate, like it's something we can control. Like we can't control it to an extent, but if they're being physical, we can't be beat up by them. Um, but I definitely think that if we're getting a lot of penalties against a team like Edina, who has a very strong power play, that'll be detrimental because I'm pretty sure two of their goals were from power plays and without those penalties, they wouldn't have happened. So I I think those penalties were maybe detrimental, um, but just making sure to stay disciplined throughout all the games next year is always, also going to be important just because those power plays might kill us.
0: Yeah, I was checking the photo galleries out. Uh, you threw a big check. I kind of want to talk to you about that because I, I don't know if that's a penalty or not because I know it's different beca- with hitting in girls hockey versus boys hockey, but you threw the body around. So I thought that was kind of interesting.
1: I did. I think I might have gotten two penalties that game, <laughs> which wasn't obviously intended. Um, being a bigger player, it's hard, but – there's a lot of big girls out there as well. Um, and I try not to do it. Um, sometimes that I think the I think the picture that you're talking about, I think it was on a one-on-one I think I kind of hit her down, but that obviously wasn't intended. I wasn't trying to tackle her, but sometimes that just happens. Um, and that's hard. I mean, if you don't want to call to a go your way or if it doesn't even go your way, that's hard. Um, but a physical that kind of physical aspect is important and just try not to get those penalties is also really important because like I said earlier that can be detrimental.
0: Do you think hitting should be allowed in women's hockey? Because honestly I think it should. I know some people disagree with that, but I think it would like for calling a game it'll be easier because I know some refs like they're super strict about what's a hit and what's like not a hit. And I think if you get rid of that like with the this I guess like some refs are strict about it, some refs aren't strict about. It. So I feel like if you allow hitting I think it would be easier to call games and actually make the game a little safer.
1: Uh, I agree. I think that at least board checking should be a little legal, not like open ice because that can be really dangerous. And I know that it's legal in boys, but they're obviously stronger for just biological reasons. But I think that it'll be safer for everyone if there is checking allowed, but um, because a lot of the time a rub out is called for a, checking penalty and if the ref clearly sees that and if the rules are changed, then I think that will help the game be a little more physical. Um, But if some teams can't handle that, they can't handle the physicality because that's the kind of physical aspect that will be present in those big games. Um, But I think that it'd be a good idea to just make it a little bit more lenient just because Um, a lot of the calls are just because a bigger girl goes against a smaller girl and just rubs her out and she falls and then they Mm -hmm. get called for a check. So I think they could be a little more lean with it.
0: What's the biggest check you've ever thrown in hockey? I'm curious. Is it that one? We're the one we're talking about, or because you're the only girl growing up with two older brothers, I'm assuming you had to learn how to check a little bit, uh, growing up.
1: Yeah, I would probably say, um, one of the, probably one of the ones in the United game. Um. I, yeah, I don't really know. I've thrown a decent amount. I try not to, but I mean, sometimes it just happens. Um, But yeah, I'd probably say one of the ones in Indiana.
0: Nice, nice. Now let's transition a little bit. Talk about college hockey and recruiting to Ohio State. So I guess what was your recruitment process like and what made you want to commit to Ohio State?
1: I was probably in the recruiting process from, um, because it starts June 15th and that's the same for this year too. But I was probably in that process for about a month until I committed. Um, and that was long. It was hard. I mean, calls almost every day was a lot, um, just on top of my other my other schedules and my other activities. But it was completely worth it. Um, Ohio State was my first call on June 15th, bright and early. Um, and I was able to get out there for a visit, not even a visit. I would just toured campus because that was really important to me. Um, and I just walked around, there's no one there, but I mean, I would rather do that than go in there empty handed and not really know what the environment is like and then go into it, not really liking it. But, um, the coaches were great. Um, I talked to Nadine Musrow on my first call and she was really opening. She was really honest with me about, um, just the whole process and what they were thinking and why they wanted to recruit me and same with a lot of other coaches. But, um, Ohio State just really felt like home and they were super welcoming with the whole process and I was able to talk to players and coaches um, and it was an overall good, great experience
0: yeah do you look at some of the Ohio State alumni and hope to develop kind of like them because they have some great players that are there now and obviously that were there in the past Emma Malte comes to mind Tatum Skaggs is a great player obviously Natalie Spooner went there a couple of years ago do you ever look at the alumni and like kind of like does that it make you more excited to go there just because like I could turn into one of those players
1: it really does because I think a lot of those players that you just listed, they came into the program when Nadine was just getting there, which kind of brings high hopes to me too because I know that Nadine is a great coach that she focuses on that developmental area and she wants those types of players to be to come out of her program. And I'm excited because I see those players and I see that they even have the opportunity to come back for another year, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, I think just seeing the great players that come out from there, and how um, that is a possibility for me as well is really interesting and cool.
0: Now this past year, do you like ever think about college hockey during the high school season? Because I've never had the chance to be recruited by a D one school, but I guess it's kind of, it seems kind of difficult, I guess, like when you're playing, you're trying to like prove yourself to, uh, you know, recruits and all those type of people.
1: This past year is definitely different because the coaches weren't there in person. Um, so you didn't really know if they were watching or not, but, Um, I knew that my coaches were, they had eyes everywhere, I'm sure. Um, But it was definitely different. Like playing at the last prospects weekend with all the coaches there is definitely really different because there's, I like you can just feel a lot of not a lot of pressure, but you can feel pressure to do well. Um, But it was definitely a change. It was definitely hard because focusing on having one coach watching you is also different, but um, also understanding that there are other scouts for, like the USA programs and stuff like that. And just knowing that it's not only um, one coach that you have to prove yourself to, it's multiple. Um, but just not getting in your head about that is really key because it's really easy to get like, get um, tied up with a simple mistake that you made and just keep making simple mistakes after that too. Um, and just focusing on your game in the present moment and going to the next shift rather than sulking on the last one.
0: And did you watch any college hockey this year at all, or did you not really have the chances because your season was very busy?
1: Um, I watched some Ohio State games. That's really it. Um, but it was hard because a lot of the games are overlapping with mine. Um, yeah. And also the streaming programs, they were either paid – like I paid for BTN Plus, but all the other ones were like Flow Hockey or other streaming programs that I couldn't watch it on. So I did my best. Um, I, lo- I looked at scores a lot of the time and I just tried to follow along with me in the Ohio state, but um, yeah, that's about it.
0: Yeah. What was your thoughts on them making the frozen Four this year?
1: Really cool. Um, really cool. I think it's really interesting to see how Nadine has shaped the program and just seeing how successful they've been the past two years. Um, and even seeing that they've been in the NCAA tournament the last three years with last year winning the WCHA championship and not being able to go to the national tournament just because of COVID. But Um, It's definitely really interesting to see how their program has developed, and I'm really excited to get there and hopefully have the opportunity to play in the Frozen Four just like them.
0: Yeah, definitely. Have you gotten the chance to meet any of your freshman class? I'm trying to think. Haley Maxwell is the only other Minnesota person that I know is committed to Ohio State, but anyone else?
1: So it's Haley Maxwell, Maeve Kelly, Barrett Limborg, and then a girl named Sydney Morrow are three. Well, Sydney's from – I don't know where she's from, but she plays a Shattuck. But I committed with – in like the same time frame with Haley and Maeve and Barrett and I've played um, junior caps hockey with them which is like the summer program and I played with them for a few years I played with Haley and Barrett when I was younger and I've always just been kind of mutual with Maeve and we've been on the same elite league team the past year same with Barrett um but just kind of building connections with them and I'm really excited that I have the opportunity to go play with them
0: yeah, especially Haley Maxwell, because she's obviously one of the top defensemen in Minnesota. Is it going to be good for yourself to be her teammate, not play against her uh, once college rolls around?
1: Yeah, it'll be great. I played with her the last weekend. I love playing with her. She's great. Um, I used to also play with her with the Dine Association. So um, really cool to be back with her and have the potential to play to, play together on the same um, shift. Too.
0: Now, for college hockey fans that haven't seen you play in person before, just describe your game to them, and what do you hope to bring Ohio, to Ohio State uh, individually as a player?
1: I'd say I'm a very offensive defenseman. Yes, defense is very important, but I like to get up in the play and just be physical in the offensive zone and just make sure that nothing gets past our goalie, and when it does, we just bounce back and don't sulk in the last shift, like I said earlier. Um, but, yeah, I'd say I – and pretty physical. I like to get shots. I like to score. I like to get assists. Um, but obviously, points are the most important part of the game. Um, generating good offense and solid defense is obviously really important. And yeah, just making sure that the game is played overall well and balanced.
0: Is there any player you look up to or try to model your game after?
1: Um, <laughs> I'd probably have to say, this is a forward, but Kelly Panic. She's my coach at Vanel. Uh, she's great to see her do determination and just how um she understands her flaws um not that she has any if Kelly you're listening to this don't take that personally um but um, she's great she's really motivated and you can just tell and also Lee deck she played at the U and she's a really overall solid defenseman and Kelly on the ice always brings her up and it's just like well Lee does this and I think that you can take advice from this um, and just seeing how she's adapted as a player. And I think we're similar in size. Obviously, she's bigger and stronger because she's older, but she's definitely someone to look up to.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, we're now in a segment I like to call the non-hockey segment where I ask you some non-hockey questions just to get to know you a little more off the ice. Uh, so if you could choose to do anything for a day, what would you choose?
1: I would probably choose to go to the beach. I love the beach. Um, I probably wouldn't swim too far out in the ocean just because there's coral, and fish and yeah I don't know um, but I love the warm weather um, also being up in my cabin is great it's super warm up there over in Wisconsin um, but yeah I'd probably either choose a beach day or a lake day.
0: That's awesome what beach is your favorite because I know Atlantic Ocean has different beaches than like Pacific Ocean uh, yeah.
1: There's a beach in Cabo down in Mexico um, we couldn't swim in it because the tide was too high and the waves were heavy but it was really pretty. There are mountains on the right side and rocks, and the sunset was always really pretty, and it was just great being right by the coast.
0: I'm an interesting beach guy because I don't like going in the middle of the day just because I don't like the sun being on me. I get very sunburned very easily, but (laughs) I love going like at night or early in the morning and just walking. It's a weird thing, but I like walking on the sand. It's really fun for me, so that's kind of like my beach activity. Uh, What do you like to do?
1: Um, I like the walks, the walks are nice, and walking in the sand, especially not when the sand is hot though, because that's never fun. Um, but probably, um, I like to be in the sun. Um, my skin is kind of sensitive, so it burns as well. But, um, getting better at using sunscreen, my mom's a dermatologist, so getting kind of engraved at the sunscreen, but, um, like being where the sun is, and yeah, I haven't been out to the beach in a while. We went out to, um, Palm Desert for the last spring break, which isn't really near coast, but um, excited to hopefully get back to the ocean soon.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. No, I guess like for me, like something I've learned during quarantine is how much I enjoy walking. Like I could walk. I don't know if you've ever seen the mor- movie uh, Forrest Gump, but I can walk just like across the country, listening to yeah. music, and it's just fun. I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing that I have discovered about myself during quarantine.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, walking was a large part of quarantine, just trying to stay active and that was one of the mm-hmm. ways people did
0: yeah so I'm a big walker in case people didn't know now another non-hockey question to you is if you could have lunch with anyone in the world who would it be and why oh, um I, could
1: have lunch with, anyway. I would say Ellen because she's kind of funny and I think she's met a lot of people too so I think it'd be kind of interesting to hear her take on them and see if she has any inside gossip or anything like that <laughs>
0: The show is ending, I heard, uh, this year. What's your really? thoughts on that? Yeah.
1: Interesting. She's retiring. Um,
0: I'm not surprised. She's made a ton of money. And she's been doing it for 15 years. Oh yeah. I would do the she same thing. Awesome. Just like never – no one would see me again. I would retire and just live off the amount of money I made off that show. So I respect her for doing that.
1: Yeah, I'd either choose her or like Jimmy Fallon because they've lost yeah. so many people.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, those yeah. are two great answers. Now, who's the funniest teammate you have at Benilde?
1: Probably Lucy Handsome. She's, uh, she came in last year um, as a junior from YZ and she was great, uh, super funny, super energetic. And I didn't know her super well last year, but being her lacrosse teammate um, and just getting to know her more was super fun. And she just has a really good sense of humor. And another one is Anna Pody and she's also a senior, but once you get to know her, you kind of get into her humor and she's just, she's hilarious, but I'm going to miss her both of them next year um and hopefully other people will bring the same joy.
0: <laughs> now, you obviously have the best style on the team, but besides yourself, who has the best style at the NIL?
1: Um I would probably say Avery Junker. <laughs> She's my best friend. Um But she has a great style. She gives me tips every so often. But, yeah, she always pulls out good outfits at school.
0: Now, I know in college, the players have to wear, like, suits or dress up before a game. Before COVID, did you have to do any of that or not really?
1: We didn't. We had set warm-ups that we would wear. Um, Everyone got the same team apparel that we would wear. Um, This past COVID year, it was a little different. I don't think people were super strict on it just because – um usually we have like long sleeves and shorts for warm-ups but we weren't warming up inside so we weren't really going to sit outside in the cold and sh- long sleeves and shorts so i think that um, we all kind of wore the same thing and just made sure that we look like a team uh, but it'll be interesting to get to college and have to dress up like that
0: nice do you have like any like how are you going to do that because that's kind of like i feel like for guys hockey players it's a little easier because you just have to wear, find a suit and then just wear that every weekend i feel like it's a lot harder for girls hockey players just because there's so much more there's to so much to
1: do, yeah and there's a lot more style that goes into it I think I think like guys obviously have to wear a suit but they can find a different suit but for women it's different because you have to find um different accessories that you would want to wear with it and just you being a girl you don't want to wear the same thing every mm-hmm. single week so you'd have to figure that out as well <laughs>
0: I think that would be cool if, like, someone changed that, though. Just wear the same thing every week. Like, I I would wear the same suit every week. I wouldn't care. Maybe it's just because, I don't know, maybe I'm a guy. just – that's how I see things. But, I don't know, I feel like it would be cool if, like, someone just changed that up.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think – I bet a lot of girls do it, or maybe they wear the same – like, if you have a pantsuit or something like that and you just wear the same – I think of the name – blazer. If you have the same blazer and, like, wear a different belt or something like that. But, yeah. Maybe. No.
0: Now, the final non-hockey question I want to ask you is what music are you into? What do you like to listen to?
1: Love country in the summer. Um, That's really all I've been listening to recently. Um, Trying to mix it up a little bit, but country is definitely a go-to when it's warm out.
0: Now, back to some hockey questions. Now, my first question to you is what advice would you give a younger player who's trying to pursue a D1 college hockey scholarship, just like some of your younger teammates, I'm assuming, are trying to do as well?
1: um don't let failure ruin your own success um having a surgery that blockaded and seeing my other friends commit um that was definitely hard but that didn't stop me from pushing even harder if anything that motivated me more because I wanted to be in their spot um but I would say just stay determined to get what you want if you fall out of love for wanting to play college hockey or anything like that that's okay um but if you really want to pursue that don't stop working um and just keep going and pursue your dream.
0: Now the women's hockey game is growing um, every day. It feels like uh, what? It, what would you do to help grow the game even more? Uh, just because there has been some setbacks, Robert Morris' his women's hockey program got canceled, and then obviously the World Championships were canceled and rescheduled a few months ago.
1: I would say just continuing to build programs because I think in Minnesota specifically, there's like a main. Club there's some outskirts one but OS is a really popular one that has a lot of really good developmental um, areas. But I think that just creating more opportunities for especially those newer younger players and just helping them learn how to play the game because that's such a key part and making them um, the best players that they can be and learning how to skate and use their stick and key aspects of the game just like that. And that's not in younger teens. I don't think. I definitely think that my age group when we were younger we were definitely a little bit more skilled, but I think that um, that obviously takes time. It's not something that comes easy. And I think that understanding that the game is getting younger and younger and even growing, it needs a lot more developmental areas too.
0: Yeah, definitely agree with you on that. And I think also just trying to promote players, whether they're in college, out of college, or in high school as well. I think it's important to just promote players because you see it all the time on social media. and I think it helps grow the sport just a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a lot of um, solid media on the women's programs, but seeing that the world um, the world championships were canceled, I think that was really just because of Canada and how locked down they were. But I don't know um, how much effort they put into rescheduling it sooner. Mm-hmm. I know that they're doing it in August, but I think that um, they could have had a different approach. And I think that just broadcasting the women's sports will be really helpful and beneficial for them. Um, just because I think a lot of people might enjoy watching men's sports more. But I think that's mainly because women's sports aren't as broadcasted as theirs.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree how I got into women's hockey was just watching the Olympics because it was on TV. And I think if mm-hmm. you have more exposure, more people will watch the women's game and it will grow even more. Because I think if you look at the statistics, if you let, if people can watch it, it's very popular. You see it with college softball and you obviously see it with women's hockey as well. I just think the main thing that a lot of people were telling me about the whole world championship situation was there wasn't like a backup plan to like reschedule because Mm -hmm. the men's U18 tournament was happening around the same time and they had a whole backup plan of if things were canceled and stuff. So I think that's what uh, angered a lot of people about that whole situation.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree.
0: Now, do you have any shout outs uh, you'd like to give to any teammates, family members, friends? I don't, I don't, I didn't really mention anyone in this interview. So, if you want to shout them out now feel free to do that
1: uh if any of my teammates are watching or listening hi um I, I hope they i hope they listen all the way through but uh also to my coaches and friends if you guys are listening parents thank you for everything um and yeah that's about it
0: well i want to thank you emma for coming on the podcast i really appreciate it good luck for the rest of your school year and enjoy your senior year it's super fun i never really got to have it everything was canceled so i hope you get yeah. a chance to enjoy it and have fun because it's a great moment and i can't wait to watch you play college hockey in a few years and just an unbiased opinion but you're one of my favorite freshmen uh, for the next freshman class i don't know how to say it but i'm really looking forward to watching you play you're an awesome player and a great person as well
1: thank you so much uh thank you again for having me on the podcast and look forward to talking to you again soon
0: thank you to everyone who listened to today's episode i really appreciate it and it means a lot to me Make sure you follow our social media accounts and I'll see you guys next time with another great episode. But until then, take care everyone and have a great day. Bye.